There is a space where you are all you need, where you are all you want. All there is is here. Welcome to the Source Connection, conversations about who we truly are, the possibilities of creation and the new earth we are birthing, with your host, Tara Long and Liz B. Hello, thank you for being here. Welcome. You guys know us, I think, by now. (laughs) My name is Tara sometimes, and I'm here with sometimes Liz. (laughs) And we're coming to you today with part two of our Q&A. So that basically we're going to be asking each other questions, burning, burning questions. (laughs) Uh, And if you guys have questions for us, we always invite you to ask us. You can ask us here, whatever platform you are watching or listening, or you can send us an email at the source connection at protonmail.com. So before we get into our burning cues, uh, let's have some, some silence for a few moments. So wherever you are. Just go ahead and get as comfortable as you can or as you'd like to in this moment. It's relaxing. The body, you can close the eyes if you'd like. And feeling the muscles of the face relax. And the muscles of the shoulders and the neck relax. And take some breaths into those areas if you feel tightness there. Just letting nature do its job. Letting your infinite intelligence do its job. So you don't actually have to do anything or be anything. And we'll just take a few moments of silence here together.
and the silence is always here for you. Just remember, it's always here for you. Whenever you need it, whenever you want it, always here. So you can take another breath if that feels good. Move anything that needs to be moved. Back to the space with us. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. I know it feels like a second second morning after my little siesta. <laughs> yeah. How are you today, Liz? I am fine. I'm feeling pretty relaxed and um I'm integrity. I'm purifying. Hmm. There's some pretty major body work done by my husband and then just feeling the gratitude for it and just letting the body do what it needs to do. Yeah. Nice. How are you? Yeah, good. I'm going to feel a little loopy, but <laughs> in the best possible way. <laughs> Very relaxed as well. Yeah. Yeah. Question to you today is what kind what color underwear are you wearing? Because <laughs> we had an underwear pot one before. I'm looking. I'm literally they're green. <laughs> Dark Ooh. green. Yes. I had the green energy. And you gotta tell me what color you're wearing. I'm now wearing underwear. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. We had a whole conversation about this. Liz is commando most of the time. All the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Look how intimate we're getting with our audience. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just the body. We all have one. But you know, trust. 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 We do. We have trust. We have faith. Um, here's my question. My first question for you. <clears throat> Um, what drew you into Kundalini yoga and tell me what you love about it so much. Hmm. Yes, I could answer that question from several different perspectives. I will answer it from the perspective of carrier of that lineage um and when and I didn't know it the first time I did it or the second time the third fourth fifth it took me actually a while to realize after the first contact in this experience in this life with it I think it had to be a slow process of remembering and connecting um, and unlocking that um, possibility. It's so powerful. And so it came to me first when I was pregnant. I used mm-hmm. to do yoga at a place and they had different kinds of yoga and then they had Kundalini yoga. And I remember mm-hmm. just being really fascinated by the breath work, the mudras, and I'm like, it's beautiful. But what stayed with me were the mantras. Mm-hmm. Those mantras were with me throughout my pregnancy, birth, everything, and ever since. And then um, a few years later, I started practicing regular hatha yoga daily. Mm-hmm. 
I started, I developed a practice of yoga. And then I was traveling. My husband was intrigued by the idea of men's work. And I saw, oh, it just came to me who I would like for us to have on the podcast because oh, good. things are going to come up soon. Okay. So my husband was interested in men's work. And I happened to see this guy's post. His name is John Wyland. And he was talking about this thing he was doing on the weekend, this man's in intensive whatever thing. And I said, oh, you may want to check this out. It's happening this weekend. And so well, my husband goes and it happens to be like a group of men who have been meeting for a while. It was not like an open thing, whatever thing, right? But they welcome him and it's fine. Yeah, and, okay. Um, really was blown away by the experience and just, you know, being in a collective of conscious men, honoring themselves and, and looking within. And so gets to look into more of the work that John does, did and still does and goes, I think he would take his girlfriend. And I said, why do you think? He said, you know, she does Kundalini yoga. She has a book. I don't know. I just think he would like. And so at that time he was dating this woman called Guru Jagat, who recently actually passed away um, and transitioned. And I was like, oh, cool, yeah. So started to kind of dip my toe back into it, read her book and started picking up little practices here and there um, and just decided like, I'm just, you know, I'm just going to start practicing Kundalini Yoga again. And I did that for about a year or almost a year and a half by myself, just on my own, doing my own practices. And I started doing it because I was already on the daily with Hatha and um, Vinyasa. And so I was just like on that daily routine. And so I just adapted that to Kundalini Yoga and then um, decided to go take a class at a place called Yoga West close to me, which is the home of Kundalini Yoga in the West. And mm -hmm. I got in there and I was waiting for class to start and I started to see all kinds of things and hear all kinds of things. It was a pretty mystical experience. And I knew something in that particular space that was also mine. And from there, I just continued to take, you know, classes once a week, but I was still doing my practice every day. And then after a while of that, I said, you know, I think I went to the teacher training. I don't want to teach. I'm not, I don't want to teach. <laughs> Kundalini yoga. I want to understand more because everything made sense to my body, to my emotions, but I wanted the mind part, right? I wanted mm -hmm. to like digest it through the mind. And so I took the training and I remember when we first got there, everyone sharing and talking about why they're there. And, you know, I remember just like, I don't want to teach. I'm here to just deepen my awareness and practice. And then within maybe three months of the training of four, I was just like, how can I not want to teach this? This is <laughs> powerful and it has transformed. Or shall I say, it has helped me remember so much more of what this experience is about. And also to have a relationship with my own bodies, right? My mental, emotional, physical, energetic, pranic, auric, everything that we can think of in a much more divine and integrated way. 
And yeah, and then the rest is history because I started teaching before I graduated. <laughs> and I told my friends, I said, I, you know, I'm just, if you want to come, I'm going to start teaching. And so they start coming. Um, kudos to Leslie, who has been there for yeah. the, my OG supporter um, and till now. And the thing I love most about that practice, it has allowed me to consolidate my discipline and my devotion to life and to myself. And, um, and part of that, I, I wish for everybody to experience just a deep, deep connection to yourself to the point where you start doing things and they become more effortless. They're not as heavy and as complicated, you know? And so it has helped me loosen up in a way and help, has helped me integrate in other ways and, yeah, I love it. <laughs> I know, I can tell that you love it. I just wanted to hear from you what was special for you about it. It is a very special practice. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting because recently, a couple of years ago, there was a lot of controversy that was brought up in regards to Yogi Bhajan, the men who, you know, brought this specific because it's called kundalini yoga it's taught by yogi bhajan so there is a kundalini yoga if you think about kundalini yoga there's different ways of doing kundalini yoga and actually i'm actually reading a book about it which is called kundalini yoga but it's a different practice mm. and i'm curious to kind of dive into that and see the similarities and the differences and all of that and how it all integrates coming from the same principle that we have this very powerful creative force energy within us and it's up to us to activate it and to use it to the fullest of its potential yeah um, and so there was a lot of controversy that was brought up about him and I have friends who completely stopped practicing they stopped teaching and I for me when I was able to sit with it and ponder and consider all of that it was not worth throwing everything, you know, away because the collective awareness and, and, and depth and meaning that we have given this practices carry through. And so, and I thought it was such a touche moment because he always said, I'm not your guru, right? Yeah. You have to be your own guru. And so it was interesting to see the house of cards kind of crumble. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of like, I told you, like, you know, I'm not perfect. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm very grateful for the technology mm. um, yoga. Mm. I love that. And I love what you just said about, you know, um, coming to maybe you find something out, you know, lift. It's like you peek behind the curtain, right? You know, in the Wizard of Oz, and you're just like, oh, wait, there's just a dude there. That's. It's like, <laughs> and so that can be with everything and anything that we've learned or, you know, in that phrase, throwing the baby out with the bathwater comes to mind. And, and so, and, and also this thing that Oracle Girl says all the time about, um, not just her, but most recently um, about not rejecting or accepting. So to just say, oh no, that's bad. I'm rejecting it just out of principle 
you know, and that might be right for some people, you know, I'm not judging that, but, you know, to sit with it and find your own connection to it, regardless of where it comes from or, you know, cause it's in you and me, it's, it's just, it is, you know, so I love that. I think that also it depends on what kind of previous relationship people had with the master, right? And I'm mm-hmm. doing it. I never felt like that kind of like, oh my God, this man, the saint. Right. For me, it was, it was like, wow, he really channeled something great here. This is, yeah. you know, had some pretty deep, insightful things to say. And, um, and at the end, he was a man. Yeah. Right. And th- yeah, and that's something that I can't remember who it was, doctor, it was do- some doctor, not that that even matters, labels, but um, he always talked about how if you have someone on a pedestal, they will inevitably go into the pit and vice versa. So be careful of who you're putting on a pedestal because one little tiny thing happens and you know, they're in the pit, like, oh, you uphold someone as something. It's an idea that you have. It's not reality. Right. And it's you unfair to, to them and us, right? Because it puts yes. us in the category of being less than the other, where the other is also experiencing his or her own experience here, right? Yeah. And not to say yeah. that people have not really delved to a depth of themselves that maybe others haven't, that's fine. Doesn't make them a saint or mm-hmm. this perfect or this ideal, I shall say, because right. perfectly ourselves, right. but this idealized version of what it should be or could be or all of that stuff. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's a, it's the idea we've talked about so many times before of just like, there are no gurus, you know, you are your own guru and that's it. <laughs> that's the eight. Yeah. That's the practice had always been that. So when that happened, I was like, yeah. oh, wow. okay. <laughs> you mean it's like you're like putting the cherry, you know, and yeah. talking, like I told you. Like, you just made your point. <laughs> and I was just like, wow. So I felt less attached to that, not to dismiss. No. The possible the- pain and the trauma sure. and everything that of course. possibly has happened. I don't know. I wasn't there. So I'm not going to say it did happen. It did not happen. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not saying um, because I say, I don't know. I'm dismissing any of it. It might as well be all truth. Yeah. Uh, but I just didn't feel um, that for me, the experience had been tainted. The experience yeah. that I have of that practice and what I carry of that practice and what I'm yeah. able to transmit of that practice to other is still very deep. Yeah. Um, for me and so mm. that's how I move through it yeah yeah beautiful yeah thank you for asking that I haven't yeah thought about it um because I'm so in it you know not reflecting yeah. right much. right um now with that it makes me think well do you have a practice that you like or that you apply yourself to whatever that is. Mm-hmm. Oh man. <laughs> Through the years, all of it. <laughs> it's changing. It always changes, right? I actually I also did hatha for years almost every day. It was just very, very I mean, in the morning, you know, something. Always, always, always. But Kundalini has always been sprinkled in my experience. And every time I do it, I love it. 
Yeah. And it's just such a different energy than any other yoga, you know, better or worse. No, it's just, it's just different. It just taps in in a very direct way um, to what we are. Um, so I've always, always loved Kundalini. Um, but yeah, I actually, yeah. So, so Hatha yoga, if we're talking yoga, um, meditation, you know, all of that has been a constant, um, in my life. Yeah. But I don't know if you noticed the last time I did your class, there were some moves I was not able to do because I've had low back stuff since we moved, you know, which is something I'm yeah. and always in an investigation. I mean, not forcefully, but like always letting more information come about that. So that's one thing that has, I haven't done as much as I normally do, which is fine. It's what my body's doing right now, but yeah. So, well, I'm glad that you also take charge, right? Cause the point of, I, to me, all those practices is to find yourself in it. Yeah. So sometimes the body is not at that moment designed to do something a certain specific way that, you know, you're being instructed to, but there's a wisdom of the body in that moment to adapt and attain, you know, um, to whatever capacity it can. And I feel like that's the beauty. I have one student who has been dealing with um, hip issues for a while, pelvic issues, and witness yeah. her in class. It's, it's so graceful. Mm. Uh, she had told me I have this specific issues and um, if you notice anything and you can you know feel free to tell me but I just wanted you to know and I said I want you to take charge as well ask me questions but also listen to your body right and she has really taken that and it's just so beautiful to watch mm. her adapt herself to the movements yeah. and Continue to find the flexibility in every moment and also with the continuous practice to find different different depths of herself and to feel the expansion and the easing in certain mm -hmm. areas of the body. Mm -hmm. It's really profound. Yeah, it's such an experience of trusting yourself, surrender and trusting yourself and trusting your, your wisdom, your authority, because it is the only one that matters. The only one only thing that matters is your own authority that's it that's it there's nothing else that really no nope. come before that and i think that we are in the renaissance of that yes right it's so beautiful to watch <laughs> just yeah. remembering and remembering that the body does nothing against us ever ever yeah. ever that we've been conditioned to distort what the body is doing, to feel that, to, to interpret it as the body doing something against us. And it's something wrong. Yeah. Wrong, and it never it's does never, that. It's never the case. Not, not in one case, not in not one time ever. It's just for us. It's adapting. It's healing. Yes. Giving us messages. moment. And just how that changes everything of your experience oh. because when you experience a headache with that frame of mind it changes your experience of a headache yeah. you experience yeah. creeps whatever it is yeah completely different yeah you're no longer trying to fix it or make it go away or I mean maybe in the immediate there might be instances where you need relief in order to 
you know, I'm not judging any of that, but you know, it's just a whole new world opens up and you're like, wow, my body is my friend and it's working with me in this moment. And what, what, is there anything that's needed that I can do? Or is it just to let it all unfold or whatever? I mean, there's so many different options. But. Yes. Richness. Richness. The richness. Um, okay. Okay. Here's my next question. I didn't even finish the question because I don't know where I wanted to go with it. Uh-huh. This is, <laughs> but we'll see what you say. If you knew that you would live in this body for a thousand years, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> I just want to know what you have to say to that. <laughs> what did you say? Meeples. Meeples. <laughs> yeah. Um, that I believe first of all that that has always been a possibility that that has happened and that continues to happen Um, I'm very grateful for my body I'm grateful for the physical expression of my body. I'm grateful for the ways that my body teaches me to be myself. I'm grateful also for the multitude of bodies that constitute this body. (laughs) And, um, I think it would be quite the privilege to experience that. (laughs) We just have to change a few things around here, guys, that are just not working for anybody, (laughs) but (laughs) which we are in the process of. We are, which we are. Mm -hmm. And so um, with that said, if we were in the point where we were manifesting the ideal ideal conditions for all of us to really thrive in the experience, the human, the man and woman experience. Um, yeah, I see that as a, as a big privilege. Oh, yeah. What about you? It's quite the, the contemplation there. I know, right? I mean, just to think, just to like fathom. Yeah a thousand years in this body, like, oh man, think of how much you would just love. I mean, I love myself now in this body and just how much that relationship would grow and deepen, (laughs) you know, just look in 500 years and be like, wow, (laughs) the same hands, Mm. the just trippiness of it, just in thinking about it trips me out, you know, because it's like real and unreal all at the same time. And it's just, But yeah, wow. I mean, I feel like that would be at a level where we were existing in our bodies in a completely different way. Exactly. Yeah, there wouldn't be, it wouldn't be like, oh, I have this body. It would be like the body's here and I'm just, we, you know, you'd be like unlimited, like really the the lack of limitation in that way Mm -hmm. from the body would have to be there if you're going to be here for a thousand years, right? Yeah, the body wouldn't feel like such a tight meat suit. Yes, exactly. It would shift. It would change. I know it. Um, and we'd be lighter. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it has to be lighter so it wouldn't decay as quickly. Right. Exactly. Or even, and let's propose this, also the idea of decaying and aging and all of that, it's a construct that we have subscribed to. Yes. And also how do we see that? Because oftentimes I feel like I'm aging in reverse. And so how do we perceive ourselves through the process of aging, through our own lenses, not the lenses that we were um, indoctrinated to look through, but our own perception of what the expression of life in your bodies can be? Yeah, absolutely. And just, just letting go of that idea that aging is, I mean, you hear I hear it all the time from people. Oh, just wait till you get to be my age. And oh, aging sucks. And there's all this stuff, you know, and I'm like, "Ah." like, I feel way better now than I did 20 years ago. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Just saying. Not another 20 years. Who knows? Right. And then again, that's another unfolding of our Renaissance we're living right now is that in order for something to be manifested, it requires our consent. And so what are we, what are the subscriptions we are clicking on, right? What are we yeah. subscribing to? Like, what oh, are we yeah, subscribing to? Yeah. I, I'm going to be crippled, whatever that is. Yeah. Like, can you go back to the thought, to before the thought that's being projected and what you're saying out loud, what came before that and what comes before that, even before that, so you, so you can go to the root of where the thoughts are being formed and generated, the belief, right? And can you challenge that belief? Is it mm-hmm. a challenge belief? Mm-hmm. Oh, wait a minute, is that true? Yeah, is what? it true? And as uh, Husa Tom says, Tom Barnett, our friend, he, said, he always says, what offers are you accepting? You know, it's like that. It's, there's an offer there. You can take it. You don't have to. time to be alive and to remember Mm. yes wow beautiful Mm -hmm. (laughs) okay so let's see i have what okay go ahead do you feel nostalgia about anything in your life nostalgia so let's see nostalgia is like oh reminiscing about the past right I'm like oh um if I go there sure you know I don't carry it with me though I'm not like it doesn't feel like I have burden or a heaviness in any way because sometimes nostalgia can I feel like can feel like that because it's the past it's always the past nostalgia feeling nostalgic you know but like if I go to the town I grew up in and drive by the house that I spent the first eight years of my life and remember so many wonderful things there, you know, I can absolutely, I could even cry now, you know, it's just so beautiful, but in a very beautiful way of remembering, you know, that, um, yeah. So I guess, but it's not something I, it's just with me, just, but if I think about it, sure. I can be nostalgic. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Nostalgia. How about you? I feel like nostalgia isn't a re-experience of the past in a way. And um, I think it's attached to a longing of that past. I don't feel the longing. It's not like yeah. I want to be repeated, but I yeah. feel I feel the tenderness yeah. and love 
you yeah. know? And so it's, for me, it's, I tend to look at it as an opportunity to just revisit those yeah. moments and just be with that the yeah. feeling, the smells, the perception mm. of I mean, so I'm grateful. Yeah. 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 I think we basically said the same thing in different ways, didn't we? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sister. Um, Okay. There's two I really want to ask. Okay. Dream. What is your dream home right now in this moment? Just right now. Wow. A dream home. Yeah. A dream home. I have to stop and, and word that because I have visions and idea. I don't know if I have one speci- very specific mm-hmm. dream home. I can tell you that it has a lot of light coming in. It has high, it's it's tall. It has a lot of light and windows. Um there's a lot of green outside. There's a lot of nature. There are places together and to be together outside, inside big tables. Um, I like clean, kind of like white, very minimal and just spacious, not yeah. a lot of stuff. Um, I, I like wood. I like the color of wood and white. And um, it's cozy. I like textures. So there's a lot of softness mm. to it. Um, and it smells good. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> There's air that circulates when the windows and doors are open, so there's a flow. Um, it has its own space, so it's not too close to other things. It has its own magnetic field to where it can, yeah. you know, easily detach itself. Yeah. And it's in a curated neighborhood with all my loved ones. This <laughs> close enough to where they have little heavens as well, but we're just literally 15 yeah. steps. From each other, yes, and here we are on the road to manifest that. So, I'm excited for us to, you know, have that experience where not only our homes feel like a safe space to ourselves, but also to others close by, and other homes close also feel like safe spaces so we're creating this grid of safety in the most deep way of allowing of embracing of supporting of sharing of all of that so and i also want to add to the sound of laughter yes children playing and running and um and animals and um just a deep sense of of groundedness mm. and belonging mm. <sighs> yes and so it is i mean <laughs> <laughs> you basically just described my dream home as well yes i did <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Basically, like everything out, yeah. 
Yeah, just reflecting each other's. Yeah, right. Totally. So you don't even need to answer that, huh? Nope. I don't need to answer it at all. Um, I have one for you. Okay. Talking about homes. What's your favorite place you have been? Someone asked me this the other day. What's the, because we were talking about all the different places I've lived. And I said, she said, what's your favorite place you've ever lived? Okay. And my first answer was lived or been. Yeah. Because I've been a lot of other places that I haven't lived. Um, which are very different experiences. Which are very different experiences. <laughs> very different experiences. And then there's the in-between where I've been places for a few months, you know, where it's like. Kind of uh, yeah. You kind of let, yeah, you're just dipping your toe and living there. Um, and my first answer was wherever, everywhere I am when I'm there is my favorite place. <laughs> Cause mm-hmm. it always, you know, it's like that, uh, totally. just presence and appreciation and gratitude. And I mean, I have, mm-hmm. I mean, I lived in Hawaii for 10 years, so we can say, you know, that definitely had the most abundant and amazing nature that I've ever experienced you know the blue waters clear blue waters and the the jungle the rainforest you know the deep green I mean all of it um but everywhere that I've been has been my yeah I mean it's I can't I can't I can't say just one thing you know Europe I mean Western Europe beautiful the what Western Europe yeah. You know, the all the European countries and stuff back in the day. All amazing. Yeah. Have you had that feeling when you traveled or when you reflect back on your travels that it's just one big human family? Mm-hmm. And you go to all different places, but at the core, like we all want the same thing. And it's just different little flavors. Like it's spicy yeah. and it's sweet. And then the other one's a little <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 I mean, travel, there's nothing like travel to immediately broaden your perspective of everything. You know, there's nothing like that. There's nothing else that replicates the experience of travel to a place where everything is, you know, seems like foreign to you, right? All the ways, the food, the culture, the language, all of the things. So you're suddenly like out of your comfort zone and it's like, oh, Wow. I mean, every time in a new place, it's like people, people live this way. But yes, of course, at the core, it's all the same, mm-hmm. you know, but there's just all these flavors. And it also really has connected me deeper to myself each time, because each time there's a deeper root of what's home, you know, and it's always just here, right here, me, no matter where I am, no matter what's going on, no matter if I sleeping on someone's couch or in the lap of luxury, you know. What is the most exotic place you have been that were most different than what everything that you had seen that you're like, whoa. Um, China is definitely the most different, right, than the Western world. Completely, yeah, Asia, other places in Asia, Bali, yeah, yeah, I would say that. How about you? Japan. Oh, yeah. 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 I think that also, I'm going to point this out, right? Because we don't, the alphabet's different. So you're looking at signs and, you know, and I, 
I explored outside of Tokyo a little bit. So in to- when you are in the, the major conglomerates, I would think that there's a little bit more guiding direction because now they have, you know, the Japanese letters and then big signs will have like something that you could actually read, right? To where yeah. men who I was traveling with at a time had been going for many, many years. And he said, I there wasn't such a thing. You needed a guide because otherwise yeah. it would be lost. Yeah. We look at the map and go like whatever looks the same. So I don't know. What does it say? Yeah. So I think just that alone is just so like the nervous system is just really like, whoa, what is this? Right? Everything is different. (laughs) That basic premise of like, I can't read anything. I can be going that way, and that could be that, and I could think I'm going the other way, everything. But one thing that really struck me in Japan was the overall attention to detail mm-hmm. that was presented yeah. um, and just that alone to me was something I hadn't seen before. And so everything was corrected in a way that, you, you know, I'd buy something, buy food and the plate would come with carrot flowers and, and strawberry like cute bouquets or whatever. And I, I hadn't experienced that. And I just thought, wow, what a beautiful expression of life mm. and for mm. beauty and, and art, mm. just expression, you know, and the potentiality yeah. of what we can do with what we're giving. Yeah. So that really, just really different than what I had mm. before. And even going to the Middle East, which you would think, it's so different, right? Because a lot of people are covered and there's there's that cultural shock, but it wasn't as, to me, as pronounced as, as you said, Asia, because there's just something, the language and, you know, where I went in the Middle East, most people, if they didn't speak English, they tried. So there was a mm-hmm. common denominator. Yeah. We're all yeah. meeting this foreign land, but yeah. Mm. Yeah, I've heard that about Japan. It's just exquisite attention to detail and just the beauty and just everything. And I and I heard Tokyo is like very clean and quiet, like compared to most large cities like that, right? I will tell so. you that I <laughs> had never seen as many people out on a regular day on the streets. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. one of the majors like avenues in Tokyo it was just sea and ocean of people that I was just yeah. like, video camera and I was like oh I've never yeah. seen many people unless it was like a celebration a party everyone was going out right, right, right. people it was something also very yes. particular to that place to me at that time. China as well the sea of people <laughs> you're walking across the street like the light turns whatever which good luck if they pay attention to that but you know and then it's like everybody's going and you're like oh my God, there's so many people coming towards me how am I gonna like fit and but then I was taller than most of the people there because you know so I could kind of see over <laughs> but yeah I've never seen that many people in my life in any area you know it's an urban area at the same time just moving towards the same or opposite directions that you're just like what what happened are still <laughs> <laughs> Am I going to be okay? What do I do? Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Okay. Let's do one more question and then okay, let's wrap her up. Cause we're coming to, t- well, we can go as long as we want, but you know, 
But we don't want to bore you. We don't want to bore you with our burning just questions for each other. Um, Liz, what are your gifts? Ooh, well, we're going to close it with mm-hmm. bowl. Um, bow, not bow, bow. Um, wow. What are my gifts? Mm. Trying to think if there is a way to express everything kind of combined in one simple denominator. Subtle perception. I think that that encompasses a lot of what I feel like I can offer. Um, The gift of presence and loyalty, integrity, honesty. Um, I like my sense of humor. (laughs) <laughs> me too <laughs> um, my nourishing abilities this is an interesting question because I'm having to reflect and almost like talk about the cool things about me and it's always an interesting place to be right how much do we just allow to just recognize in ourselves like who we really are um, you own it yeah. My ability to, again, with the subtle perceptions, just be so present that what sometimes seem tricky to other people or complicated to me becomes very easy because of that deep connection, right? And just that knowing mm-hmm. moment, clarity. Um, I like to think that I'm a good dancer. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just teasing. Um, uh, no, you're not. You are a good dancer. The gift of organization and and yeah, I'm very good at putting things where they belong and creating that spaciousness. Not only outside but internally as well it sometimes can be tricky because being so multifaceted as we are compartmentalizing sometimes has its own um its own downfalls um the gift of right speech when i say right i mean speech from the heart just you know just leveled and connected. Um, and very intuitive. Again, the subtle perception. I feel like I want to wrap it all up in subtle perception, just the ability of just being really present and connected and just the knowing, right? That every moment knowing. And of course, the moments where I get captured by other distractions and my own ego and my own stories and all of that. And then that's not so clear, but I think that because of my commitment 
and devotion to myself and the honor that I carried that. Um, I've been able to conquer a space in myself where I can come from that space more often to other beings around me. Yeah, and I would say that is just a fraction of your gifts, my sister. Oh, oh, me, me. I'm a good good vegan baker as well. Yes, yes, you are. (laughs) I love that blueberry cake you made. Oh, honey, that was so good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's just, again, that remembering, right? Remembering of who we are and and what we're in. I think I I have the gift of sound. And um, and again, I talked about speech and my ability to just really synthesize things and, and translate that, you know, through sometimes musical expression or voice in whatever shape that comes. And something that I've been getting in touch with more and more again that has kind of been kind of put aside a little bit due to life circumstances. And, and I'm a I'm a great performer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I miss my stage days that I oh I want to see it I want to see that oh it's so fun I feel like that's one place you know when people say like oh if you know what you do in your life and that you can just like completely it's almost like you are no time taking from all your life in that space I don't know how to explain it for me it's always been the stage you know mm-hmm. there's a there's something about that's that place for me that is very transcendental. Yeah. What about you? Oh, goodness. I know. And this, (laughs) this is the invitation for all of our listeners is to um, say out loud to yourself or to someone else, what your gift, what are your gifts? Because we all have them. We all have so many. And we forget. And we get a real hard on ourselves, you know. Um, my gifts are also presence. Being present with people. Holding space. Which can look like a lot of things. Um, but listening. Um, I've been told that my presence is very calming and relaxing (laughs) and peaceful. So there's that. Um, And I do feel that I am good in a chaotic situation or crisis situation because I stay focused and I don't get pulled out of it. Like if someone needs immediate attention or help or something, I'm just like, I don't, you know, I'm just there. Um. Also, organizing and being inside and out, you know, just feeling that things are clean, again, inside and out and purified and and beautiful. I like making spaces beautiful. I like creating a home, you know, creating a space that feels like home, that's cozy, but also the brightness and all of that. Um, I, I can dance. 
And I can sing a little bit. I like I like doing those things. You can sing. Dancing, but I'm just gonna guess you can dance too. <laughs> I, can, I can dance, and I love it. I love expressing in that way. Um, and I love like you being on a stage and performing. I've never really done that except when I was little or you know a child and in college and stuff. But I love. Um, I I think I'm a I'm a good leader or guide to a group of people and helping them um, move through something, a certain, whatever, whatever is, is wanting to be taught or shared. Um, and I'm good at questioning people in a way that lets them uncover the truth for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm becoming a better cook because <laughs> I'm enjoying it more and more as time goes on. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And crypto, that is a new skill. I don't know if it's a gift, but it is a new skill I'm acquiring. And I love helping people with, surprisingly. That's awesome. You know, because it's not just about the like logistics and the details of this and that, which I'm not really into that, even though I can do it. I love helping people expand themselves to something that has was previously seemed impossible or like what is that or this is this whole new world that like what it's like yeah you can do it like you can do this and it's so fun (laughs) (laughs) I love that yeah yeah Mm. I think that we're both very good at helping people remember yes above all I think we're both very good at helping people remember who they are and what they are. And that space of you, that is really all you are. That is so, so simple. Wow. <laughs> so, so simple. And with that, I propose a challenge to our listeners. Please do a video. Wow. I've never <gasps> Or do a video of yourself talking about your gifts and some and maybe you would other people would be surprised that they never knew that about you and hashtag the source connection and hashtag it's so simple and How hashtag I, my gifts my gifts yes. hashtag it's Wait. a simple hashtag the source connection right I I thought about doing this challenge on Instagram and then here we are doing it um wow, it's wow. gonna tidal waves man everybody recognizing their gifts because oh. once you get started there's so many you have so many we all have so many yeah you can do a three-part series if it just keeps you coming can- <laughs> 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 say at first you may feel uncomfortable talking about yourself that way because we've been conditioned to you know kind of underplay a little bit and just you know, this and that and you just know yeah. but we're this is the renaissance people yeah it's the time where we claim our true potential we claim everything that we Your are power mm-hmm. and there's no shame in that and it also empowers others to do the same and can you imagine a world where everybody knows their worth yes. everybody knows their power their strength their capacity the possibilities that's the world I'm living in. Yes, baby. That's the world we're living in. Know your value because you are the value. Yep. Right. What was that third hashtag? My gifts, the source connection. It's so simple. 
It's so simple. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, guys. So please do that. You can even send us your videos if you want. And maybe Ooh. we'll put together a compilation. How fun. If we get enough videos of people. Don't be shy. Don't be we shy. Everywhere. We have messages from everywhere. So don't be shy. Let's let's start this. This tidal wave. Let's start this tidal wave. Yeah, even if you just say one thing. Yes. Yes. Great. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks, everyone. (laughs) Bye. Bye.